I was thinking without water and with the weather, everything, it's like a tent revival in church. This is wonderful. So now I know y'all don't even have an excuse. If you leave to go to the bathroom, I'll just take it personally. So that, that's fine. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Um, thank you all so much for being here this morning, this Christmas morning. I am so honored to be able to preach here um, at this church that I consider my home church uh, after I've been here for uh, going on six years now. And so this is this has been a home church for me. And so thank you so much for having me. If you can't guess, and we've read it a couple times this morning, so I'm hoping that you all will know what gospel we are reading out of this morning. It is the gospel of John. Okay, and so one more time, once more into the scripture, I really want to hammer this point. And so let us read John 1, 1 through 14. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life. Life. And the life was the light of all people. That's hopeful. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not accept him, but to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the power to become children of God who were born not of blood or the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory as of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. Church, would you pray with me? Father God, this morning, let my words not be my own, but your words through me, Lord. Speak through me. And God, especially speak in spite of me. Father God, let us celebrate the gift that is Christmas. The gift that is your Son. Let us hear your word and know that this was always the plan. Be with us and before us in all and everywhere. Amen. 
I promise, I know that uh, it's Christmas morning, people probably have meals to get to, presents to unwrap, so I, I, I promised Tom and I promised my family I'd keep it under an hour. So that, I'm doing my part, I'm, I'm doing my part. No, I really have one thing to prove, or one thing, one point to make this morning, and it's a big one, but it's only one. But before we get to that, I want you to think about a time in your life, in your life, okay, where something unexpected happened, it wasn't part of the plan, okay, but it ended up being for your good. Let me share my own testimony here, basically how I got here, okay, in high school I was a cross-country runner, I was a track runner, and I am not a bragger, I'm not, but I was pretty good. Okay, good enough that I was the fastest freshman and the fastest sophomore that the school had seen since the record holders. Okay, so talk about expectations. All right, and so I was planning for my future, I was going to run at the University of Oregon. If you don't know, the University of Oregon, that's where they hold the the track and field uh, Olympic tryouts. Okay, they're a track town through and through. And so I was going to go there, I was going to run there, and I had a shot. Okay, my freshman and sophomore year. And so going into my junior year, I was ready. I was running 100 miles that summer a week. A week. I ran up in Bell County. I ran up one side of of Pine Mountain, and I ran down the other side, 12 miles in total for training. I was going to get my goals. And so the season started, and it it seemed like it was going to be going really, really well until about eh, three weeks, four weeks into the season. And if you don't know about cross country, you run in a field, okay? It's not on roads. It's not paved. You're just running in a field, okay? And you got these tiny little shoes on with spikes on them to try to get some traction. But you're running, and you're bumping up uh, in uh, between people and stuff. And so I was running, and I was coming down a hill, and, and I hit a hole, okay? Foot went in it, knew something was wrong. Finished the race anyways. Later that week, went to the doctor with my father. I had two fractures in my leg. Scholarships goodbye. I never ran cross country again. Oregon, all my dreams of being uh, an 800 runner on the U.S. men's team, gone. And so after coming to terms with that, after realizing, okay, um, I still got my, uh, my academics, and my mom was a big proponent of that. No one can take away your academics from you, so I, I hit the books, made sure that that was ready, and the f- spring of my senior year, I came down to a little place that I did not know existed. I knew my dad went there, but I didn't really know anything about it, called Georgetown, and I toured the college. It was not on my radar at all. I was going to Cincinnati Christian, um, full ride, not going to have to worry about it. Came to Georgetown, took a tour of the college, and I said, I've got to be here. Much to the stress of my parents who said, you had a full ride. (laughs) You You had a full ride, but we'll make it work. And so... I went to Georgetown, and in the first week, I met a friend. I made a lot of friends, and one of the friends that I met was Haley Snyder. (laughs) We were friends for eight months, and then she said, hey, um, don't be weird about this, but I want 
to tell you something. I think God put me in your life to be your wife. That's a bold move, so young folks, use that. Remember that for the right person, okay? Keep that in your pocket, all right? And then I get a call over the, um, the summer of my June, or sophomore year that, hey, we want you to get some church experience. Why don't you try interning in a youth ministry position? Okay, we have a local Methodist church, and, and uh, why don't you try that out? I was not going to be a youth minister. I was going to be a pastor, okay? I was like, fine, it's the summer. What's the harm? Okay, maybe I'll make a little extra money. That's fine. Came here, and when I say that God changed my heart, I mean a change of heart. And I ended up staying in Georgetown. I ended up getting a job in Georgetown. Andrew Singh said, hey, and Greg said, hey, we want you on the team. So I stayed. And then the friend that I had that turned into girlfriend, that turned into fiance, that turned into my wife, we put down roots in Georgetown. And then a little bit later, we have a child. And now we're expecting another child. And all that is to thank for, okay, all of the reason I am here preaching today with my beautiful wife watching at home with our child and our second one expected in April is for a hole in the ground. That's why I'm here. Right? Come on. Christmas was always the plan. Just like it was always the plan for my life to take its turns and how I'm sure your life has taken turns and twists and unexpected uh, but fortunate events have happened and you have ended up in a place where you're at. But Christmas was always the plan, just like it was always the plan for me being here. One of the things that I think... I had to really think about this week is that the, the scripture in 1 John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Sometimes the biblical reading in the Old Testament and the New Testament sometimes can feel like Christmas was kind of a result of, well, our messing up. That, that God was scrambling in the garden and, and when Adam and Eve took the fruit, God says, oh no, they've done something I didn't think they were going to do. Now, okay, um, years are going to go past and I'm going to flood the earth and then, then I'm not going to do that anymore, so that's off the table. And so now there's this, this human ant farm that keeps eating each other and they're sinning and everything. Uh, quick, 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 send a savior. Okay, do I have a savior handy? Oh, we'll send him down. Sometimes it can feel like that, that we, our sinfulness, necessitated the coming Christ. That's not true. Christmas was always the plan because if you look in the scriptures, Jesus was already there. God didn't have to scramble. God didn't have to look around and think about how am I going to save my people? God already knew before He made us that we were going to be a work in progress. Some of us more than others. Myself included. 
God knew that there is going to be a time where my people are finally going to get it. And that is when I will act. A couple months ago, in our Wednesday night classes, I was having kind of, it almost felt like a game show because you know me, I like to have games. And so it was almost like a game show. And I, I uh, challenged my students. I said, this for the next four or five months, we're going to be doing a thing at the start of our Wednesday night class called, Can You Stump Your Youth Minister? Scary for me to throw the gauntlet, especially because I had very bright kids. Okay, But for weeks and weeks and weeks, they did not stump me. I was able to answer their questions, and I felt really good and really seminary smart. I was throwing answers and everything. But there were two students, one of which Lily Klaus, and one of which Addison Borgel. And let me just say, they are future theologians, folks. We have them in this church. We do. And they, they, I saw them whispering, and I started sweating a little bit. And then they said, Marcus, if God knew that we were going to sin, then why didn't God send Jesus earlier and just save some time? And they got me. <laughs> they got me. They stumped me. I said, well, uh, uh, mm, daggone it. I'll go look it up. And this is what I got. And so to answer your questions almost a year later, why did God wait? Why couldn't, if Jesus was already there in the beginning, and he could have said, okay, Jesus comes down and we don't have to, to have all that. And I think it's this, okay? And this is me, and this is my understanding of scripture. It is a concept, and parents probably know it well. It's a concept called tough Love. Have you heard of this? My beautiful Darcy Faye, okay? I, I cook in the house, and I'm boiling a pot of water, and that little hand, ooh, and it reaches up. I say, don't do that. The stove's hot. She tries to touch the stove top. One of these days, one of these days, and I'll keep my eye on her, but one of those days, she's going to reach that hand up there. Tss, ooh. She's going to understand, that's hot. I shouldn't do that again. And I think that in this story, this almost a majority, this much, okay? This much of Scripture is that exact same lesson for us. Okay? And here's how. We have to, as people, and the Israelites, they tried to do it their way, right? And sometimes, hey, I see myself in the Israelites. I try to do it my way too, okay? And they, they would worship God, and they would make sacrifices, and they'd be on the right path, but then, they, okay, well, maybe we want to check out the other gods. And then they, uh, God punishes them because sin has consequences, okay? And then they say, oh, God, save us from ourselves. And so God would send prophets or God would send judges to try to steer back on the path, okay? And then they'd be right with God for what felt like, if you're an avid Bible reader, 10 minutes. And then they'd fall back into that. And that cycle continues and continues until finally some words that God said stuck. Hello, 
my beloved and blessed children, you can't do it yourself. Sometimes we have to take a step back and we have to see the burning building that we are setting our bed in. Sometimes we have to take a step back and realize the state of the world and that we are not the solution. That has already been taken care of. The question is if we are going to get with the plan. Are we going to acknowledge on this Christmas morning that we do not hold the key to our salvation? Are we going to realize that Jesus came down not because God told Jesus, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to destroy them all unless you come down and save them. It was through love. Because the Bible says, John 3.16, anybody heard of it before? For God so loved us that He sent His only Son to come down so that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. It wasn't out of spite or it wasn't out of anger that God sent Jesus. It wasn't out of frustration. But God said in the beginning before anything, was created before we were even thought of to be created. God said, I love these people. And they're going to mess up. But I'm not going to abandon them. I'm not going to abandon them. And so we get this scene. And I was thinking about it, and I'm so glad that we just kept a wide shot for today because I said, I don't know where I'm going to end up. But we have this scene. This was always the plan. The plan wasn't to come down and show that strength and power and, and um, victory could be found in battle. But God's plan was always to send His Son not on a war horse, not on a chariot, to kick out the Romans and to, to take out Caesar, but to show that it is through love, it is through compassion, and it is through kindness that we find God. That's the hope that we have. We don't have to be the strongest. God already took care of this. We don't have to be the most powerful. God already took care of that. What we have to do is we have to allow Jesus to change our lives. What a great time to be reminded of that this morning. And so as we close, and I promise, I hope that I didn't ramble too much. But this week, I've been tighter than a banjo string. I didn't know what I was going to say. This morning, if you would like to lay your burdens at the manger. Usually we have a cross, but at the manger. I'm going to be standing right over here during this next song. And we don't do altar calls here, but hey, it's Christmas. I don't know. <laughs> it's 10 o'clock. We usually don't have worship at 10 o'clock either. I'm going to be standing over here. If you have something on your heart, if you have something that you have to get rid of because, hey, Jesus ha didn't have room at the inn, okay? We remember this. They kicked him out of the inn. Don't let your heart be the same. 
for the second coming of Christ. Don't let your heart be so cluttered and full of of whatever is going on, anger or frustration or addiction or pain or depression. Don't let that take the spot of where Jesus this morning can say, I'm here. I'm here. I can take care of you. Church, would you pray with me? God, your plan was always to save us. Let us accept that reality as we read through Scripture, as we sing hymns of the God who came down, Emmanuel, God with us. Let us truly and honestly accept that. Let us put down our fears, our faults, God, those things that we hold on so tightly to that take the place of your Son, let us allow those to be let go. Father, you sent one gift for Christmas, but it was a mighty one. It was a God who saves. Let us prepare our hearts for this Christmas season and let your will be done. In your name we pray. Amen.